Welcome to Behind the Line, where we pull back the curtain on the challenges facing first responders and frontline workers. The work you do is unique, and so are the stresses that go with it. Join me as we tackle key issues to reduce risks for burnout, and as we work to support you in doing the job you love without sacrificing being the kind of person you want to be. Hey there, and welcome back to Behind the Line. I'm your host, Lindsay Foss. If you're new to Behind the Line, what you should know about me is that I'm a clinical counselor specializing in trauma therapy. And after over a decade working with first responders and frontline workers around issues like burnout, compassion fatigue, PTSD, and related OSIs, I've become a passionate wellness advocate and educator for those who sacrifice so much for our communities out on the front lines. Behind the Line is a place for us to talk about the real life behind the scenes challenges facing you on the front lines. I created this podcast with the hope of bringing easy access to skills for wellness, allowing you to find greater sustainability both on the job and off. As you likely already know, we're into our Back to Basics for Brain Health series, and I'm so excited to be joined today by Erin Zamzow, aka Zam, owner of Fire Rescue Fitness. I love Zam's backstory, and he totally gets what it's like to be in the line of fire on the front lines. He created his fitness programs based on the needs he and those he knew within fire rescue and frontline work had. I really value his willingness to dive into this topic and nerd out on the research around fitness and brain health with me. It was such a fun conversation, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Before I switch over to the interview, I want to encourage you to also make sure that you check out the show notes for today's episode, where you can find some great articles that Zam has shared, as well as access to a free trial of his fitness program available for our listeners. You'll also find links to his social media as well as my own, and I hope you'll connect with both of us in these spaces to really invest in applying what you're learning through this series. All right, let's jump in. We are making a difference. It a lot of this, um, and I've been very fortunate to be doing this now for I say twelve years, but I think it's been more in the fire fire mm-hmm. service. I guess twelve years. Um, and at first, I beat my head against the wall, going, "How in the hell do we not know this stuff?" And mm-hmm. you know, we really have to look at we are we are a um, we're impeded by our own traditions. I I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's really what it comes down to. Um, Fire academies are are more likely to teach you what's called a Denver drill, which is a scenario where a firefighter had died in a very unique construction situation. And everybody knows that drill, yet they all don't understand that simple hydration can lead to a decrease in sudden cardiac arrest and stroke, which are the two Mm -hmm. things that kill us, by the way. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it can be a, a, a little, like, it's just eye opening that, that it's not more in our face as far as like, but data is helping. Data is really helping. Um, yeah. And, and, and I think, uh, society is kind of, uh, helping a little bit through, uh, military. We're starting to realize how, how we've done them wrong. And I think that's yeah. starting to transfer, into first responders. Hopefully it will the doctors and nurses too, especially through COVID, you know, just, 100%. you know, so, uh, but I, I appreciate the opportunity, man. You, you'll know, um, I talk people's ears off on this stuff because I, I just think it's, 
if we can connect with one person each time and they can connect with one person, we're, we're going in the right direction. And that's really what I think that it's all about. So, you know, agreed. I think you and I are going to get along famously. <laughs> if that's the anchoring you're coming from. So right. I'm kind of kicking us off then, like, tell, tell me a little bit about your story, Zem. Like, how did you, I mean, I've read a little bit about you, so I know a little bit of the backstory, sure. I think, but why don't you kind of give it for the rest of those listening about how you found yourself in fire service, but also offering fitness related kinds of pieces to those who do this kind of work. Sure. Uh, where to begin? Well, for, I'll tell you a, a funny story behind. So my name is Aaron Zamzow. And of course, in uh, firehouse settings, nobody calls you by your first name. Everybody pretty much gets a nickname. Um, totally. And mine was, uh, is they call me Zam. And then um, when I started Fire Rescue Fitness about, tw- again, 10 or 12 years ago, I believe it was now, um, you know, I went by Aaron Zamzow. And one of the things that I really uh, tried to, to hit home was, look, you don't have to purchase anything from me. I still want to help you send me a message. And um, so I, people would send me messages and I kept replying on my emails and I misspell my name for God's sakes, because I wanted to get my emails out. So I just started saying Zam because it was really easy to type. Z-A-M, yeah. boom, click. And so that's kind of how that uh, has evolved to just Zam now um, as I go around to seminars and do these podcasts. And it's totally. all, all a matter of uh, maybe a little bit of laziness, but trying to be as efficient as I can and and answer questions. And where that drive came from was um, before I got involved in the fire service. Now I'm I'm closer to 50 than I am 40. I'm uh, almost 48, and I got in the fire service when I was 35. It was my uh, second academy, I should say, full time. And um, I just I learned a lot. I was working with pro athletes before that. I started working in the fitness industry when I was 18. Mm-hmm. So I've been in the fitness industry God, 30 years. Holy cow. Um, so I started a little differently. Um, started working in fitness, was trained, uh, trained some, some pro athletes, NHL, NBA, NFL. Um, yeah. Was really, really fortunate to get some tutelage and mentoring under some of the best trainers. And then um, started a couple of my own businesses. And one day I was living in uh, Minneapolis, just west of Minneapolis, and saw a sign to join the fire department. I want to get involved in the community. And um, I so I started to uh, go to, um, you know, at that time, it was a, a technical college at night to, to learn Firefighter 1 and Firefighter 2, and I just fell in love with it. But I also learned my lesson about functional fitness and its importance at that time. So I'm sitting on this yeah. fire scene, I'm sorry, on the training ground, and a good friend of mine, um, who was uh, worked construction, did a lot of, uh, roofing and siding. And, and so we were doing ladder drills and he's carrying equipment gear and everything flying up the ladder. And here I am struggling. I, you know, I, I just was not very fluid with it. Um, you know, and, and he was just, uh, more functionally strong. Now he also smoked yeah. cigarettes. So when we put him on air, I'd catch up to him. It was really humbling. Cause I was, here's this fitness guy. And here's this guy who's, you know, a couple pounds overweight, but doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's showing me how to do this. And so it was a, it was an eye-opening experience for me to look at, okay, I'm doing a leg press. I'm doing a tricep push down. I'm doing a bench press and that's not transferring. So at yeah. that point, I really started to go back to some of my strength and conditioning coaches and, and some people and said, you know, what are we, what am I missing? And you know, we all talked about, well, when we'd work with pro athletes, we broke down their position 
what their weaknesses were, what they needed to do and what their field of play was. And then we developed programming from there. So I started to do the same with firefighting. Um, I bought a book on Amazon 12, Mm -hmm. 13 years ago, and I was super excited to get it. It was the only book on firefighter fitness at the time. And I, I got the book, I opened the pages and they're doing like press, like tricep push down bicep. all the things i've been doing all the things i've been doing although they had tighter shorts on and they were a little bit bigger that was the only difference <laughs> so um i just thought you know what if this information isn't out there and i know i need it how many other people do so i just started to um i developed programming that i used and uh you know i tell the story i'm like the rudy of the fire service i'm not very talented or gifted. And there are some firefighters that are naturally really good at mm-hmm. doing the things we do on the fire ground. I am not one of them. Um, I got to work twice as hard, um, yeah. but that's where the fitness came in. And so I've now had, I now have seven different programs that I've developed and I've used them all because okay. as I've aged, I've had to change my fitness uh, priorities a little bit. Um, but um, sure. I developed a strong, a super strong program an ultimate athlete, a foundations, uh, just about ready to publish a, a chief's workout for, um, you know, more stress management. Yeah. And, uh, so it's really developed out of necessity for me. And I've been very fortunate along the way to have people, uh, ask for how I could help them and, and put programs and, and processes in place where I have been able to help people. So long winded answer to your question, but, um, you know, I think it's very pertinent to what we're talking about. Well, I agree with you. And I think that there's um, this fantastic kind of marriage of pieces in terms of the value you have in shaping the conversation today, that you have both the inside perspective from a fitness position, but also an inside perspective from the first responder position. And I think that's a piece that not everyone we've had on the show has, like either they're a first responder talking about their experience as a first responder or they're a professional in a given field who's maybe worked with a handful of first responders, but hasn't mm-hmm. had the like real life exposure as a first responder. And so to have kind of the vantage point of both at the same time, I think positions you really wonderfully to speak to some of the pieces we want to talk about today. And I, I know I sent you some of the questions I had in mind prior to this. And one of the things I think you can probably speak to really well because of your background and exposure Um, is this piece about some of the common problems that are faced by those who work in high stress, high exposure jobs, um, whether that's fire rescue or paramedics or police, or a lot of our listeners are also nurses and doctors and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I work with those populations, I often hear so many of the barriers, like the things that trip them up in doing the stuff that they know is good for them. They know would benefit them. They know the right answers, but the doing it is hard. Um, And my guess is that you probably have had exposure both in your own experience, as well as those that you're kind of surrounded by about those barriers and limitations to really engaging the stuff that we know is good for us. So what are the things that you tend to hear as feedback, the stuff that gets in the way for people? Um, You know, first off though, I, you know, full, full disclosure. I mean, I follow, I, ha- I have those same issues, you know, everybody said, yeah. well, you're, you're, you're fit. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm not a, uh, obviously, you know, like I, I'm not as fit as I want to be, to be a hundred percent honest. But of course I, 
I think I have a different comparison than most, but I have those same struggles. Like I crush ice cream. I crush it. Yeah. I love it. I tell my yes. crew that, you know, uh, but I also got a plan for it. So, you know, I think first, I think it's really important that everybody understands we all have these barriers, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're a really fit person or if you're not a fit person or if you're a doctor or wherever it is, we all have these barriers. The second thing I think for first responders is we have a tenant, we, we're givers. We really want to help and we want to help other people. And sometimes we do that almost like a parent to the standpoint yeah. we do it at the, for the sake of our own health. Mm. Um, and I, I compare the two because when I used to train full time, I had a lot of parents that their excuses evolved around their children. I got to get Susie or Billy or J Jimmy or Bobby, whoever it is to this practice. And I want to do this. And then we got a birthday party and we got to do this. And then, you know, and then by the time I'm, and you know, and, and I, understand that. Mm -hmm. Um, and that first responders are the same thing. I think, you know, oh, I had this call, I had that call, this call, this is draining. This is, this is going on. We had this equipment, but you know, we, we have these, all these things. Now, when you break it down, um, it's a lot of it is because we're, we're givers. And mm -hmm. one of the first things uh, that I, I think we all need to understand and learn is that by taking some time each day to help ourselves, we actually do a better service to those that we want to, um, you know, help, including yeah. our own kids, right? Yes. Like we want our kids to be happy. We want them to be healthy yet you got to look at what example are you setting? The same thing as first responders. We know it's stressful. That, that's an excuse. We know that. We know yeah. that time is always going to be an issue. We know that nutrition is an issue because we're, we're this fast paced and, you know, in the fire service kind of, we hurt ourselves by that tradition sometimes of our mm -hmm. own uh, eating habits. Um, so we all have those excuses. It, it, it really comes down to, Stepping back, I, I think, and, and looking at the, the big picture and saying, I need to devote 20, 30 minutes a day to myself. And whether that's meditation, fitness, um, you know, even just some people some uh, taking a nap, whatever it might be to help yeah. make yourself physically and mentally better, you need to do that for those people you serve. Totally. Uh, you know, so, you know, as far as barriers, I think we all have them, you know, and they're not, yeah. then they're never going away. They're not. Yeah. You just mm -hmm. got to figure out a way to deal, right? Um, it's so. like a circumnavigating kind of problem, right? Like, I love what you just said. I think so it's super funny because I run this five-day challenge for first responders and frontline workers a handful of times every year. I call it the self-care dare. And the, the running catchphrase throughout the dare is that taking care of me lets me take better care of others. Right. Like we are motivated by caring about other people. We get that. But when we don't do something to store up our own reserves, to shore that up for ourselves, it ends up coming out for those we're trying to serve. So we we our goal of benefiting others only stands to benefit by us doing for ourselves well. Mm -hmm. It gives right. us a better quality of me to offer out to the others that I'm serving. And so I love that piece. I think there's so many like common barriers that are identified by people. Like I hear so often about, you know, I, there's no time. You've talked about that one. I hear a lot of the like, I'm really tired when I get home. I feel really lethargic. Um, or 
my job is so physically demanding. Why do I need to work out when I get home? Why do I need to attend to that? I've already done so much in a day as well as other practical barriers. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I can't afford a gym membership or I don't have a gym equipment kind of set up at my house or whatever the pieces are. Um, And you're right. Like those aren't changing. There's not quick fixes to those things. If there were, you would have found them. Um, And so there is this kind of circumnavigating process that needs to happen to figure out, okay, if those barriers are just static and they're givens, how do I work around what those givens are to figure out a way to still prioritize me because it allows me to do better prioritization of the people that I care to serve? Yeah, exactly. Now, I'm aware that we are kind of cushioning this topic in the idea of brain basics. So we've been talking in this series up till now about um, providing our brains with their with an investment that allows them to do the jobs that it needs to do for us. So our brain can do all kinds of fantastic things to benefit us as we do this kind of work, but we have to give our brains their best chance to right. set us up for success and that vicarious kind of success we benefit from. So when you think about um, yourself and your experience with others within fire rescue, what are the impacts that you see when people are not engaging in fitness routinely or who aren't prioritizing that piece for themselves? What do you see in terms of the consequences of that? Well, I'll tell you, I only got five brain cells left and I need all five and fitness <laughs> helps power them. That's what I keep telling everybody. Yes. I, I've, I I've, love um, it. Yeah. I, in, in the, what most people don't understand is fitness and getting blood flow, moving your body helps with cognitive function. Um, I've had seminars where um, I've been in a room full of chiefs and uh I, you know, I, first thing I, I got hives. Cause I was like, I, I don't know. I needed union representation. I thought, but no, it was actually a plan. I was, so I was presenting to some chiefs and I had a chief raise their hand. And they said, I got all these demands on me. You know, I'm not the one in the front lines. I, what is, I don't need, you know, I don't need to be that as fit or I don't need that fitness as much. And I just said, well, I said, maybe the intensity of your fitness doesn't have to be as high chief, but you're the one who's making life and death decisions about your firefighters on command, on cars. And I'll tell you what, I want you to be as tip top shape as you possibly can mentally and physically. And there is a huge correlation between the two. You think yeah. better, your mood is better. Um, you know, I think there in the, in the fire service, you know, with males, there are a lot of jackass, pardon my, there's a lot of jerks. I, let me it's say it's all good. Yeah. All right. But I think a lot of that is because of the stress of a job. The, um, possibly some, uh, you know, that leads to, you know, a lack of job satisfaction. That leads to a lack of patience. That leads to, uh, you know, issues communicating. And, you know, I think with men, you know, he, in a lot of times when you see in leadership, they're usually older, like my age, 40s and 50s. I think they yeah. suffered from stress. They're overweight. They have low testosterone levels because of all the stress. They they cognitively probably don't function as well as they should. They yeah. don't have as good a coping mechanisms all because of those stresses balling them up. And totally. one of the, the things, and I I've done uh, seminars. I got an article on this. I said the, the, the miracle cure for the fire service is right in front of us. It always has been. You just mm-hmm. have to take two steps forward to realize it. And really what I mean by that is motion and movement exercise really can help 
the cognitive function. It can help coping, as we mentioned, resilience in, in, in a nutshell, but it also then drives better, uh, more stable blood sugar levels. It also yeah. drives um, sleep. You sleep a little bit better. You have better self-worth. You have higher self-confidence. There is this litany of things. And when you look at, all right, the fire service, what's really ailing us? Hmm. Mm. Cancer, mental health, PTSD, suicide. Well, what's one thing that can help all of those causes, all those things mm. is exercise, right? And of course, there is calendar fit, which we got to get away from. Like, um, meaning, I don't, when I work with people, their goal shouldn't be to be calendar fit, right? Mm. Uh, their goal should be functionally fit, cognitively fit, mentally yeah. Fit. And yeah. by working out consistently at least three times a week, that's where I tell people to start 30 minutes for three, um, you're going to start to feel better, move better, and that transfers to serving better. Hmm. But for some reason, there is we we don't as first responders have make that correlation yet. And, yeah. you know, like what we we and we're making progress because people are starting to ask questions you're doing great podcasts on it thank god mm -hmm. um and of course all the data and research tells us like you know yeah i think i i think researchers especially like in a university setting look at the fire service and go you guys aren't too smart <laughs> right? like, think about it we keep telling you the answer <laughs> yeah the answer is right in front and then you can keep doing all these quick little pencil whip things and yet it you know, 20 years ago, it, we were telling you this. So, um, you yeah. know, I, I think I think it all comes full circle with the cognition and the brain health that goes along with body health. Um, and then it, and it moves too. I, you know, I, I think my crew knows when I don't work out. As a matter of fact, they tell yeah. me, go work out. Um, you know, <laughs> we need this like, from you. Yeah. yeah. Like, Zam, shut up, go work out. And yeah. Um, and that's kind of my cue, but I, I feel it personally too. Like if I don't get my workouts in, I, I feel a little lethargic. I feel a little off. Um, and so mm -hmm. I think that that's the one thing, you know, ultimately, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer the question at the end is that we think too often about what we have to give up hmm. instead of what we get. And there's all these small intangibles that you don't know and realize until you you're at that point. So you work out 12 times that first month. And if you really look back at it, you're like, I feel better. I'm doing yeah. better. I'm not arguing as much. Um, and those are those things that um, unless you're in it, you're, you know, you don't realize. So, yeah, totally. I love so many pieces of what you just said about that. Um, <laughs> like it's hard to choose which one to pick on. I love the idea of the intangibles and I think you're right. And I think, those are the ones that are really hard to hang on for, for some people, like, because it does take the 12 times in the month before I feel like I can look back and have that track record that tells me that there was an intangible payoff. Mm -hmm. um, and so when we are focused on what we have to give up and that sacrifice feels high, and the reward feels delayed, right? Our culture and delayed gratification is not awesome. Not conducive. Right. Um, right? Like we don't handle that well. And so when we don't get an immediate sense of payoff for what I've sacrificed to what I get, 
it's hard to to make it sustainable. And I think that's why there really is significant meaning in these kinds of conversations where we can really anchor to what the research does say and the very real wisdom of kind of this mind-body connection that our, our brains need us to do certain things in order for them to work optimally and we benefit from when they work optimally. And if we can anchor to that and knowing that my consistency in doing some of these really basic things 30 minutes, three times a week, like that, that can be a significant difference maker in offering my brain its best chance Mm -hmm. to give its best back to me, that it sets us up to maybe be differently motivated towards doing the things that do feel like high sacrifice and delayed gratification reward. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's hard. Um, you know, there's times where I'll go on vacation and I'll take off, you know, a week or two weeks and tr- yeah. those first workouts back, it's hard. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's important for anybody who, you know, is in the, in, in the field. Um, you know, I, like I've, I've studied fitness, I've talked fitness for 30 years, but that doesn't make it any easier. And you're not alone when you go, it's tough, right? Like yeah. it's, it, it's that first 10 or 15 minutes, some days of working out, it is, it's tough. Yeah. But those are also the most rewarding I feel when you're done with it. Um, and that's kind of what, what keeps me going is that feeling afterwards. Um, and of course, knowing that I have to talk about it now, uh, a lot, yeah. uh, you know, really is helps to motivate me too. But I, I just, I think it's important that everybody understands also not only with fitness, but with mental health too, you yeah. know, it's, it's right. Um, and that's your field more than, than mine, but it's important to know that you're not alone. And, um, you know, and if I could even interject on that, we had a, a, a pretty traumatic call, um, at, with my department recently. And, uh, one of the, the firefighters that was involved came in and we were just talking and we all talked about, and this person is very fit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just, they flat out said the importance of their workouts really helps them keep their mind right. And it's the, it's a very positive outlet for them dealing with the traumatic inc- incident. And totally. it was, uh, it was confirmed by everybody in the room. Now the, the people that were in the room were pretty fit and healthy, but understood the value of it. And, um, you know, and that's just another one of those intangibles that most people, when they say, Hey, I want to start a fitness program, they don't say, because I want to be able to cope with the crap that I've seen, mm-hmm. you know, but yeah. really that's what happens. And, and yeah. you know, the re- research on PTSD and mental health is saying it helps you get unstuck from seeing that image. And, you know, right though, you, you hit it on the head though. It's, it's not one that everybody writes down at, like we said on the assessment form, yeah. but knowing that that is a positive and, and having us talk about it, it might be enough for someone to say, Hey, maybe that's what I need to start doing, you know? Yeah. So, well, and it's, um, I think tricky because some of the rewards are like you named it intangible. They, they feel so um, disconnected from the moment that I'm doing the damn thing to when I feel <laughs> something from it. And one of the things, so there's some research that uh, talks about how our brains are a really oxygen rich environment. Like they thrive with as much oxygen as possible and how we get oxygen to our brain is through the blood flow we have that is oxygenated blood to our brain. 
Um, and there's been more recent research in the last number of years that talks about um, brain plasticity. So the idea that our brains can actually produce new cells and grow and evolve their interconnectedness over time. So a long time ago, we used to believe that you were born with all the brain cells you would ever have. And from the moment you're born, cell death is the only thing that happens. And then a handful of years ago, we had better research capacity because we have better imaging technology now that actually discovered that there's parts of our brains that continue to get cell growth throughout the course of our entire lifetimes. What's super interesting is those areas of our brain are actually really oxygen-rich environments. And so Mm -hmm. what's been shown repeatedly now is that people who have stronger cardiovascular health are more likely to have these specific parts of their brain continue to grow more cells better than people who aren't as cardiovascularly healthful. And so it's this really interesting piece that suggests that we actually have a greater potential to learn, grow, evolve, develop, and survive as a result of that if we have a brain that has as much oxygen as we can give it. And that comes through our fitness. And it's interesting because mm-hmm. when you tell people that, they're like, oh, that's a really good reason to do these things. Right, right. But most people don't know that that's a thing. So they just think that like, when I do fitness, I will look good. And when I look good, I'll feel good. And it's kind of this behavioral level change that's really yeah. hard to will for ourselves. I don't think we fully understand or appreciate the depth of like chemical, physiological, neurobiological change that unfolds when we invest in this part of ourselves. And what I love about what you've said is that it doesn't even have to be a lot. Like, it's not like you have to go be a bodybuilder to get those results. Mm -hmm. Functional fitness can come in 30 minutes, three times a week. It that, and that, I think you hit it right on the head. It, it, it doesn't have to be five days a week, seven days a week, because what happens is we, we, we defeat ourselves before we even get in the gym. Because we look at yeah. our week and we go, there's no way I get in four workouts this week. So let's, I'll start next week. Totally. Right? Monday. I'll start Monday. I'll start the next day. Um, yeah. And that continues and continues for three, four, five, six, seven, eight years. Um, mm-hmm. But you, yeah, the research just, and it's yeah, even immediately it's showing differences, right? Like yeah. in some of the, as we get, as we're able to get more data, it's showing, you know, hey, that 30 minute bout really helps. You know, from a fitness standpoint, when we work and focus on mobility, what we find is that your muscles are more limber, you know, throughout the day and throughout your shift. So you're, you're less likely to get injured, or if you totally. do get injured, you're more likely to bounce back just because of, of yeah. your mobility. And, you know, same thing I think happens with the brain, right. And the mental side yeah. of stuff too. And, and it comes back to, you know, and I think all of it goes back to consistency. You know, mm-hmm. we, we just said, yeah, one bout helps, but what really helps is consistently setting that, um, that example, consistently setting that, that workout or that, that in movement time, you know, it's just even walking, they're showing at at a low pace. Um, you know, cause I think a lot of us also get get to a point where we just, I don't even know where to start. Well, I, I, I say the first thing you need to start doing is move your feet and close your mouth. Meaning, monitor what your activity level is, monitor what you're eating. Didn't say anything about changing it at all. Mm -hmm. Just understand what am I eating and really how, what am I, how am I not moving? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really easy to be sedative now more than ever. Yeah. (laughs) Even as a first responder, 
you know, cause mm. you go up on a truck and you're on the truck all day or you're riding around and, and, you know, if you're, if you have to make a cognitive effort to be more active and more physically active. And that's, I think, you know, the first start. And then secondly, again, monitor what your nutrition is. And then, you know, you just, Nike, heck, you know, I don't want to quote Nike, but you really just have to do it. You have to find a time for so yeah. many reasons, right? Uh, I mean, we've, we've given so many, but I, I also think the one thing that's, that's like for children and for chiefs, it's the example, right? Yeah. If it starts up on top and is in our culture from the top, it's going to work its way down. Now, what you're seeing is the middle and the, you know, the middle and the lower part of the fire service, the younger generation is, is being inundated with this data. The middle generation is starting to understand it. Now, the top generation in their defense, they have had always had fires that kept them in shape, right? Mm-hmm. They've, um, but now we also notice that we we did a very huge disservice because a lot of the older generation in the fire service has cancer, has mental health issues, right. has yeah, right. So we're kind of backing up and going, what did we miss? But I, I firmly believe that to change this whole thing. It's got to start with leadership. It's got to start with education. And then ultimately, everybody's got to look in the mirror and say, okay, what can I do to help change this? Not for just me, but for my yeah. family. You know, and I have t-shirts out that say for, for me, for my crew, for my community. That's really yeah. why you want to be, be more healthy physically and mentally. And, yeah. you know, and those two things together make you a more resilient person, more resilient first responder. And then ultimately after that, and I use ultimately a lot because it's, I get excited, Mm -hmm. but it it transfers to better service. Yeah. Which is the goal. So that's the thing, right? I think like when we started talking, I told you that part of my story and coming into this and doing this podcast and whatever is that I was mad. Like I'm mad that I continue to have to have the same conversations and that this information just isn't out there and easily accessible and present to people. And I think so much of the, so much of the mad feels connected to these pieces where it's like, we, why aren't we having these conversations? Why aren't they showing up sooner along the way? Why do we have people who, I think the thing that makes me most mad is that I get so many people who are now on stress leave and are having like are being forced into retiring as a result of their injuries, largely traumatic stress injuries, occupational stress injuries. And it's so frustrating because when I look at them, they're people who love their jobs. They love what they do. They're highly connected to that work. It feels like part of their identity. And they lose all of it because we didn't prepare them more effectively to be sustainable at it. And I think that's the thing that bothers me most is seeing these really great people who are really extraordinarily skilled, who offer a lot to the profession, tank because we failed to equip them adequately with what they need to be able to stay in it long term. Yeah. Right. And so I I value some of these pieces that you're bringing to to that. And I'm curious, like when you think about people who do show up and have so many of these barriers who say, I can't because of dot, 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 how is it that you go about addressing that with them? Like, how do you work at getting them on side for their own selves? 
Well, I think, you know, the first thing is, is you have to change their mindset, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and we, we hit it earlier in this and it's, it's not about what you're going to give up. It's really about mm-hmm. what you're going to get. And, yeah. um, what most people don't understand also is, and, and there's research that backs this, a 30 minute workout every day makes you more productive, yeah. believe it or not. Um, because of the energy number one, but I also think it forces you to, uh, you know, be a little more organized in order to, mm-hmm. to get that in. And in eating healthy, we also look at what we have to give up. And I always say, well, don't look at what you have to give up. Let's just do a couple things. Let's add something. Let's add water, hydrate yeah. better. And then let's add some fruits and vegetables. And then we're going to talk down the road about maybe restricting sugars and, and looking a little bit better, right. but um, it comes back to all right, we're going to add water, we're going to add veggies, we're going to add fruit, and we're going to add activity. And mm-hmm. um, before we do any of that, we're going to just take our mindset and first understand, yes, it's hard. Yeah. No, you're not alone. Everybody ex- has these same things. And, you know, you, use those people around you for motivation. So-and-so just lost 25 pounds and they're doing it. I think I can go do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want yeah. some motivation, go to YouTube. Or even look around mm-hmm. you because there's a lot of people that are are doing some very motivating things. Um, and that's kind of what motivates me too is like I'll turn on YouTube and I'll watch, you know, someone who has, you know, has a lot more limitations than I do and they're out there doing it. So, you know, okay, mm-hmm. that, that'll get me through that workout. Um, yeah. uh, you know, so you change that mindset a little bit, get them, get people moving get them understanding a little bit about the fuel that they're using and that yeah. connection. And, and then I, I think what's also important is you have to make kind of a, a personal inventory about how you feel, mm-hmm. right? If we're not asking ourselves how we feel, you know, and there's, and it's really interesting. I'll tell people like, well, after a workout, well, how do you feel? First thing they'll be like, well, tired. I go, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dig a little and deeper. Then what? Right. Uh-huh. Dig a little deeper because that feeling like, hey, you know what? I feel like I just accomplished something. Good. Yeah. Let that, you know, it's like a, it's like that one good golf shot that brings you back after you do 150, right? <laughs> totally. It's that one good it's golf shot. It's the thing you anchor to. Yeah. And so that is how you change it. Um, yeah. And when people don't change their mindset and don't commit, we, we, we'll fail at, at fitness. But you know what? That's okay. This is a journey. There's numerous times where I've not been in the shape that I've wanted personally. There's numerous times that we all can look in the mirror and go, I'm not where I want to be, but it's all about trying to make progress and going in the right direction. Um, So I I think, you know, the combination of those things, you know, if you want a step-by-step approach, it's first change your, your mindset. One, get more activity. Two, start drinking some water, start figuring out a little bit more about your fuel. And then three, just do some surveys, internal surveys. How are you feeling? How are you doing? Uh, and then, you know, obviously four, make that consistent commitment. That's it. You know, and then you can go on five, find some people to enjoy the journey with you, which mm-hmm. I think is important. Um, yeah. And we do that. Fire Rescue Fitness. We have a, a pay. I have a, a closed group on Facebook. Mm-hmm. We got about 3,000 people and they'll post stuff every once in a while just to help motivate each other. And it's really cool. That's awesome. Those community kind of vibes can be so fantastically motivating in the midst of it. Yeah. 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 Yeah, It's cyclical. It it comes and goes and waves with, with the seasons. January is really a little more popular on it, but um, you know, (laughs) 
Oh, there, yes. The seasons of resolutions. Days. Yeah. Yeah. There are days yeah. people will post, hey, just FYI, this is, I, I redid my assessment and this is what happened. And sometimes yeah. you don't see it because you're in the middle of it. And, and then the, the watching the comments and the, the momentum yeah. grow is really cool. So that is yeah. really cool. So when you think about kind of like practical first steps, I love how you broke down, you know, step one, focus on your mindset. Step two, try to work it, adding in some movement. Step three, focus on hydration. If we were to break down step two, focus on some movement, what are the like, I don't know, top three, top five, you pick the number, it can be seven, I don't care. But like, what are the kind of foundational pieces that you tend to really encourage people to start out with when it comes to trying to incorporate movement into their lives a little bit more? Particularly as it relates, I think, to this idea of like functional fitness connected to first response work. Okay. For first responders... Uh, mobility and core is really okay. uh, something. Um, a lot of first responders are actually in a lot of pain joint yes. wise, I, I, I believe. And so before we talk about lifting weights, I just talk about moving better. And, you know, I started to create these little things called flows and, you know, going back to my original story, all <laughs> stuff that I, I develop is cause I need it, you know, but mm-hmm. I, I wake up in the morning and I'm a little more stiff and sore. So I started to create, three or four movements together. I call them flows. They take about mm-hmm. 50 seconds. Yeah. But even simple doing those type of things. Um, and it's just a simple, you know, might be a body weight squat or a, just bending forward at the waist, touching your toes. And, and mm-hmm. so start with mobility, two or three exercises or movements just to get the blood flowing and to yeah. get more range of motion. Then add some core work. Um, planks are really, really good for us. But it doesn't even have to be too advanced, just something that works your core. And then if you want to incorporate in some resistance training, yes, it's a necessity, but not when you're beginning. Beginning consistency is more of a necessity. And so mobility work, core work, then go do a a bike or a jog or whatever it might be, just a little bit of cardio to get the blood flowing and then end up with just some light stretching. Uh, Get in the habit of listening to your favorite podcast hint, hint, Mm -hmm. or listen to some music, something that helps you mentally get away too during that time. Three, three for 30. And that's where you begin. First month I always tell is, look, I don't care what you do that first month. Give me 12 workouts and they could be, you know, they could be all 12, the first 12 days. I don't care, but (laughs) look, look at the calendar, mark it off and say, okay, I accomplished this. I I worked out 12 Mm -hmm. days. Now what's next? And, and just keep building from month to month, you know, week to week. Yeah. Um, you know, I think we look at, oh, I want to lose 30 pounds. Well, you can't lose 30 if you don't lose one, right? Yeah. You, can't, you can't do 12 workouts if you don't do one. So yeah. look at short term, week to week, month to month. And then as you continually build momentum, you can look a little bit further out. But, yeah. um, you know, it's really about taking small steps. And I have a meme uh, that I post like a... a just a quote and it's you know it's not about being the best it's being better than you were yesterday you know yeah. eventually it starts to get to be where you're you want to be the best but you know you got to start somewhere and everybody's got mm-hmm. their own journey so you know the first thing i would tell people is work mobility work core add a little bit of movement to it and then we'll build from there and that's yeah. what my programs focus on every program starts with mobility work and adds core work 
yeah. then the strength is a dime a dozen. You can go anywhere. You know, there there are ways to be more functional for first responders without getting okay. too diving into too uh, too technically with it. But that's one yeah. of the things that I think um, you know I I I do pretty well you know, over the years mm-hmm. of starting to get a better idea of how to train more functionally. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, I mean, I could I could talk your ear off on that that topic. But I think I think we gave it well, people enough to start with, right? What if we give that snippet? So like if if people have really enjoyed kind of hearing you talk and feel like there's alignment between what some of their goals are and how you've spoken about some of these topics, where can people find you? What mm-hmm. kinds of pieces can they kind of connect with? What would be the best kind of starting points for where people could go for more support around kind of this idea of functional fitness with you? Sure. Um, firerescuefitness.com is my website. It's run by me and my dog and she's sitting here right now. She, she doesn't answer a lot of emails. So But she's um, really cute. Yeah, yeah. Um she uh yeah, it's really everything has been um me up to this point. It started off as a hobby and it's now transferred into you know being able to speak um at a lot of conferences, having conversations like this. So go to www.firerescuefitness.com. And if you go up in the icon that says contact FRF, that's really me. And I'll actually give you a 28 day program, a free 28 day program. It's got, um, and it's not just your run of the mill. It's got access to our, our app. It's got, uh, eating guidelines. It's got, uh, access to the coaching group that I was talking about. It is a full 28 day program that will really, really help you out. Um, and it's free. Um, so if they, if they contact me there, um, they can also find us on Facebook and fire rescue fitness Facebook page. And if they send a message that goes right to me as well. Um, awesome. and, and I'll get back to them. It might take me a day or two. Sometimes when I'm on shift, I'm a little bit delayed. Um, I mean, but... so unreasonable, but <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I know. Fair enough. I think my response level is a little bit like that too. Yeah, yeah. So if I'm on shift, it may take a day or two. Um, but uh, send me any messages with questions if you want that free program. Yep. We also then, um, you know, people go, well, why, why give it for free? Well, I got into this to try to help 100,000 first responders get more fit, yeah. and that started 12 years ago. Uh, someone asked me the other day, well, what are you at? How do you manage? Well, based on you know, free resources that we've given out or programs and we're about halfway there. So, cool. you know, you're, they're helping me with my mission. And then of course we do have programs that add on to that 28 days. So they can um, purchase programs that are 60 days that are a little bit more elaborate. Um, and um, one of the cool parts is we have a lot of people that have bought a lot of our programs because they, mm-hmm. they challenge them, they help them continually progress. And that's kind of the whole goal of it. Um, But, um, but yeah, that's uh, the best way. And I'd appreciate anybody reaching out. That's awesome. Yeah. We have a, I have a blog too, that uh, I just posted the 21 reasons why every first responder needs to work out. We talked about a lot of them here. Uh, I just posted on percussion guns, the massage guns, what are the best ones and do they work? I do have a mobility routine that they can get started with. Um, uh, we have some great information on nutrition there too. And so I, I, I okay. write a lot and, and that's where they can find me. Okay, so. cool. Well, and we can, um, I'll post to, I'll post in the show notes, a link to your main website. And then if there's any of those additional 
kinds of bits and pieces that feel valuable. I think the links you had sent me, I'll post as well to some awesome. of those specific blog articles. But if there's anything else that would feel helpful and that you think would kind of align to our conversation today, shoot it over to me and I'll throw those into the show notes as well so that people can have like an easy redirect sure. to some of those things. Appreciate yeah. it. Sounds good. That's awesome. I so appreciate your time today, Sam. It was really lovely to chat with someone else who kind of nerds out on yeah, right. I feel like it's good to know it's not just me who gets riled up about first responders and brain science and how our bodies fit into that picture. I for sure super nerd out there. <laughs> yeah. We could probably talk all day. Um, you I know, feel like that is probably true. <laughs> your listeners would be like, all right, we're done. We, we've Cut had it. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I, I'd love to do this again. And, and I, I, I can't thank you enough for the opportunity. Obviously, you know, I, you're as passionate as I am to try to help out and, you know, yeah. just trying to get, uh, make an impact. So if we help one person in this, that's really what we're trying to do. And uh, again, thanks for the opportunity. And if you need more, let me know. I'd, I'd love to come on and talk anytime. Thanks one more time to Zam for taking the time to connect. I want to again encourage you to check out the show notes for today's episode to find links to Zam's programs, including a free trial of his fitness program and some of his valuable blog posts on topics related to fitness and mental health. I will also encourage you to check in with yourself using our Beating the Breaking Point Indicators Checklist and Triage Guide. You can find it in the show notes and use this to assess yourself, where you're at with burnout and where your needs might be so that you can invest strategically into these areas of vulnerability. As always, please reach out and connect if you have any questions or feedback. I love hearing from you and shaping this podcast to echo your needs and interests. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Lindsay A. Foss, or you can email me at support at thrive-life.ca. Please keep sharing this resource with those you know, and until next time, stay safe.